Hello, my name is Sharon Kugler, and I'm the Yale University Chaplain. Welcome to Time for the Soul. Today, our guest is Deborah Rohr. Deborah is the chaplaincy manager in the Yale Chaplain's Office and has been at Yale for 17 years. Uh, she's also really a wonderful colleague, and what many people who don't know Deb well may not know is she's also one of the best gift givers that I've ever met. And one of the things that she is especially known for is her gift of picking just the right book, whether it's for a child or for an adult. Deb gives amazing books as gifts. And one of the things that I wrote on my little tattered list when I was writing down who I was hoping to interview for this podcast was Deb, and I put, Deb gives books that unwrap us. And so, Deb, welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you for asking me. Um, books is a passion of mine. Um, actually, it's if I can share this, my, my mom recently passed, as you know, and one of her gifts to me is that every week I got a book mm. from the time I can remember. That was our special time. She was an a, extremely avid reader. And it was, first it was Golden Books, and then it was the, the series of books. I think, they, I think Reader's Digest might have put them out for, for kids, chapter books, beginning chapter books, and um, just always instilled uh, that special time with my mom and the books and starting to read, you know, before I went to school because she just read constantly to me, so... That was a, a really special thing that she instilled in me that has always been a passion for um, myself. And then at, at one point, I actually was fortunate enough to have a job at a toy store where I was the book buyer. And I uh -huh. loved that. That was wonderful, buying children's books. I know that people who, in the chaplain's office who have had children <laughs> have been on the receiving end of Deb libraries. <laughs> yes, and... and uh, affectionately known as uh, Babsha Book Fairy, yes. Mm. Babsha, what's Babsha? Babsha is Polish for grandmother. All right, and you do have two grandchildren. Yes, I do, Lucas and Olivia. And yes. do they like you to read to them? Do they read to you? How does it work? Um, they used to love, of, of course, they would come to my uh, my condo. Mm -hmm. where's, the, where's the book this week? Oh, nice. <laughs> but um, at this point, they both are reading, and so they want to read to me, and the, which is very rewarding. That is nice. Yeah. When I described you as someone who gives books that unwrap us, I was thinking of books that you had given me over the years. I mean, you and I've worked together almost 16 years now. And they've taken me on different journeys and um, away from work, which has been nice. And I suspect that that's always in your mind of what can I give somebody that brings them somewhere else and gives them a little bit of respite from their life. Um, when I describe you as someone who gives books that unwrap us, what comes to mind when you think about being unwrapped by a book? Um, it's something that um, I get totally immersed in, and it usually gives me some sort of an aha moment a moment of clarity on something, or it moves me in a different direction. Sometimes um, a book 
will I'll be so entranced by how the author's writing it and so interested in their process that I will start doing a deep dive into everything they've written, which leads me down a whole other path. Uh-huh. It it does strike me as a bit of a spiritual discipline. You know, I think reading when we're children and and students, it's a discipline. But there's, you know, there's pressure attached to it, and there you have to finish things to um, either meet an expectation or an evaluation, whether it's a grade or some written product as a result of it. And yet reading, really, and I share the love of reading that you and I both share that and what it does for us, um, it's not so much that it's contemplative, but it does feel meditative in the sense of sh- sort of shedding the rest of the world and your concerns. Right, right, right. Yeah. I, I also think truly blessed to be in an office full of readers because <laughs> I have I have a similar relationship with Ian, Ian Oliver, Pastor Oliver. Um, he and I are always giving each other, oh, this was a book I had in my hand the other day, and somehow he got that ESP and he <laughs> gave it to me. You know, it's the same mm-hmm, type of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's nice. What, and this is almost too much of a cliche of a question, but you you probably could have saw it coming, you know, what, what what have you read recently that's stuck with you and what's never left you? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is a a good question. Um, I, there's there's so many. I mean, I do have books that never leave me. For a while, I was into Ethan From Ethan From um, Edith Wharton's um, New Eng- the epitome of a New England novel because that was my first introduction in high school to irony, mm. and I just she just totally puts you in that New England harsh winter. And I would read it literally every February because that was what I needed. Um, I don't know. I just think um, there's so there's so many. I guess the most recent one, and I know you and I have talked about this, is Barbara Kingsolver's um, Demon Copperfield. Or Demon Copperhead. Copperhead, uh-huh. rather, yeah. 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 Which is, I just think she's so brilliant and her her take on David Copperfield and how she's just so smart. And I think that's a thing, too. When I can see that the narrator or the the author is starting at, at a, a certain point and then goes all of these segues and this path and then ends up circling back to the beginning. And you go, whoa, this was an amazing ride. How did we get here? And and then you you dig deeper into it and you see, oh, my God, there's this connection and that connection. And oh, it's frustrating sometimes if you read a book and, and you know there's there's nuggets there, but they're kind of going over your head. But when when I can figure out the labyrinth that I've just gone on and it just makes it that much more of an anchor to to a connection to me, to who I am. So I, I think one of my pleasures in the past year during COVID and like year and a half, I guess, has been discovering the Maisie Dobbs books. And I know Mm. I just keep referencing this and suggesting it to people, but it just brings me such joy. Um, It's 
uh, a wonderful series by Jacqueline Winspear of, of a female detective in the 20s, 30s, and 40s in England. And it's awesome. It's like kind of like uh, a mystery Downton Abbey. Uh, uh, I see. You know, it gives you that feel, <laughs> that cozy feel of you're going to sit down and read it. And it's it's so smart and researched really well and just really fun. So I think I would stick with that right now. All right. Thank you. So when I um, was thinking about talking with you, I really did want to emphasize the special gift that you have in gift giving. And I, I guess my last question is, you know, talk a little bit about the pleasure that that gives to you um, because it comes through that there's something attached to this that is more than something you just picked up and put wrapping paper on. Um, yeah, I do. I do try to have a. Um, I I feel like there is definitely an intuition involved, and I do really think about the person and and. I mean, obviously, it's much easier for people I'm very close to and I have a long relationship with, like you, um, and, of course, my family. But um, it, it is also fun when I feel like I, I get somebody and I'll, I'll go, ooh, um, I'll look at something or I'll pick it up. And I, I don't I, – it's hard to explain except for – when I was doing Reiki training and, and working with chakras and I, they explained to me about chakras and how, you know, they run up and down your spine. And, and I do literally get a feeling of all of these things lining up in, inside me. Like it's, it's kind of like a pinball machine or something and it goes whack, 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 whack. And, it, and it's there. And I just go, yeah, that's it. Um, so... It is a, like a visceral experience, but it's hard to explain, except I call it, you know, the gift gods are, are with me. Well, so. I love that. Thank you. And uh, I've been on the receiving end of it and feel it. And I love that you worked Reiki in there. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> and your chakra. <laughs> Definitely another part of your calling. So thank you, Deborah, for joining us on Time for the Soul. Well, thank you for having me. Time for the Soul is produced by Ryan McAvoy, created by Sharon Kugler, Maytal Satiel, and Sean Mignon. Our music is by J.P. Durvin. This has been a production of the Yale Broadcast Studio. 